afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and we're doing a fill-in podcast for Troy's absence this week and helping you deal with the COVID crisis and helping you be a bit more inspired, have mental toughness, and have strength during this period. So we'll continue with this. I've often talked to you about setting a goal, one goal, one big goal. One goal, it really is your Mount Everest, your, your Amanda Blum, your, 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 the one thing that you would love to change in the world before you leave the planet, the one thing you'd have to love, you'd love to have written on your tombstone, the one thing that would be spoken about at your, um, at your funeral. And this uh, really tempts us to, to think beyond our own life and think what we would love to leave as an immortal impact, as, a, as an impact on the world. But if that is made up or guessed or, or faked, uh, it will never happen. And so one of the things that we do when we're setting goals is to make sure that you know your top, top core value. Now, a core value is not something you need to make up. It's something that you need to look in the mirror and observe. And I'm going to go through a series of questions right now that might help you to understand what your core values are. So in the process of listening to this audio, what I'd strongly suggest you do is you get a pen and paper uh, nearby and after each set of questions, you answer the question uh, one by one. You stop the audio, answer the question and go on to question two answer that question, go on to question three, and see what you get at the end. So I'm going to start right from the beginning and say, question number one, are you ready? Got a pen and paper? If you haven't, stop the podcast, go and get one, sit down, pen and paper ready, here we go. We're going to go through it um, at a good pace so that we get this done within the 10-minute limit that I've set myself for each of these fill-in podcasts today. First one, how do you fill your personal space? Have you ever noticed that how things that are really not important to you go in the trash or sit in the box or in the attic? By contrast, the things that you think are really important to you are always where you can see them, either at the home or on your desk. So what does your life demonstrate to you through the space? If you just look up now or look around you now or look around your house or your office, What are the things that are staring at you right now that reflect how you feel your personal space? Just write three things down. Come to the second question. How do you spend your time? Here's something that you can count on for the entirety of your life. You will always make time for the things that are really important to you. And you'll always run out of time for things that aren't. Even though people say, I don't have time for things I want to do, the truth is that they're too busy doing what's really important to them. And what they think they want is actually not really what they want. You'll always find time for things that are really important to you. Somehow, crazy as it sounds, you figure it out. So somebody who's working 18 hours a day on their work and then complaining that they don't have time for the kids is really demonstrating their core value and demonstrating their guilt about not doing what somebody else said they should be doing. So write down right now three ways that you spend most of your time, that you've always got more time to give to it when it's needed. Question three. 
You'll always, how do you spend your energy? So this is question three. How do you spend your energy? You'll always have enough energy to do things that really inspire you, the things that you value most. You run out of petrol for things that you don't. For example, someone says, let's go for a walk, and you go, oh, I feel too tired. But somebody then says, let's go down the pub, and you go, oh, I'd love to, because you want to have a chat. So you'll always have energy for things that inspire you, and you'll run out of energy for things that don't inspire you. So a lot of parents have a lot of guilt around this topic because they run out of energy to be with the kids. But if someone said, you want to go for a jog or water the garden or do the cooking or do something else, they go, oh, yeah, no problem. So we've always got energy to think for things that inspire us. It's a real telltale on your real values. Things that are low amongst your core values drain you. Things that are high amongst your core values energize you. In fact, when you're doing something that you value highly, you have more energy at the end of the day than when you started because you're doing something that you love and you're inspired by. So how do you spend your energy? How do you spend your energy? And what drains you? So three, answer three. One, two, three. How do you spend your energy? How do you spend your energy? Come back to this podcast when you've written them down. The next one, number four, how do you spend your money? This is so interesting because I hear a lot of arguments between uh, in couples and families and business people about how money is spent in the business. Some people want to buy uh, a new bike. Someone else wants to buy a new house. One person's worried about security. One person's worried about lifestyle and enjoyment. And there's, uh, there is need for uh, a recognition that how you want to spend your money really reflects your truth, not necessarily everybody else's. And remember what we say about values. When you live somebody else's values, you beat yourself up. You lower your self-worth. So again, you'll always find money for things that are valuable to you, but you never want to part with your money for things that are not important to you. This is very interesting for me because as a coach, people come to me saying, I've got mental health problems, my family's going down to shitter, I've lost my job, and I go, great, here, spend some money on coaching. They go, no. And so what they're basically saying is having the money in their bank is of higher value than solving all the problems that they think they're having, which may be one of the causes of their problem. So your choices about spending money will tell you a great deal about what you value most. Now, at this point, you might be noticing some overlap, some similarities between how you fill your space, how you spend your time, energy, and now how you spend your money. And that's really healthy. It means that if you've already aligned a lot of your values, your goals and daily activities, you'll notice a lot of convergence. But if you notice a lot of divergence between the answers to your first four questions, you might benefit from bringing your values and goals into deeper alignment. So let's talk about now, how do you spend your money? One, two, three. Write them down and come back to this podcast for number five. Welcome back. Number five, where do you have the most order and organization? Now, we tend to bring order and organization to things that are important to us and allow chaos and disorder with things that are low in our values. For example, people get overweight and they say, I value health, but really they've got disorder in their, in their health program. And that really says they're not as committed to their health as they say they are. So look at where you have the greatest order and organization in your life, and you'll have a good sense of what matters most to you. In my case, I see the most order and organization in my 
study and in my teaching materials and in, and in my itinerary for traveling. This helps me see my values involve research, right traveling and speaking. So grab a pen and paper, write down the five, uh, three things that reflect where you have the most order and organization in your life. Next one, number six. Where are you the most reliable, disciplined and focused? Wow, this is really cool. You never have to be reminded, and the kids are the same, from the outside to do things that you value. You are inspired from within and to do those things and you, and you just go and do them. Look at the activities, relationships and goals for which you're disciplined, reliable and focused. The things that nobody has to get you up to do. For me, again, it's reading and writing and traveling and speaking. I love those things. So for you, write down the three things that you are most reliable, disciplined and focused in, in your life. One, two, three. When you're done, come back to the podcast. Number seven, what do you think about and what is your most dominant thought? Now, I'm not talking about negative thoughts or the things that distract you. I'm not talking about the fantasies of what I should or shouldn't do. I'm talking about your most common thoughts about how you want your life, how you, what you'd love to achieve. Thoughts that show you slow, steady, consistent evidence of actually you working on something for the entirety of your life. Write down the three things that you think about and what's your most dominant thought in your life. Then come back to this podcast. Number eight. What do you visualize and realize? Again, I'm not talking about fantasies. I'm asking you to visualize for your life that is slowly but surely coming true. In my case, I visualize myself being on stage. I always have, ever since a kid. I visualize uh, being uh, a person who enables and helps the planet. And I visualize myself being in some way able to help those who are in, in difficulty. And this vision has been sustained throughout a massive amount of diversity and chaos in other areas of my life. So, and what I'm, I'm going to ask you to do now is write down the three things that you visualized and you're slowly realizing through the course of the entirety of your life. Then come back to the podcast. Number nine, what is your internal dialogue? What do you keep talking to yourself about the most? I'm not talking about negative self-talk or building, pumping yourself up to be bigger than who you are or worrying about what you haven't got or what other people have got or who you'd like to be like or who you wouldn't. Intentions that actually seem to be coming true and showing some fruit. For me, those things have a lot to do with Love, love for the planet, love for nature. So the ABC of, of uh, your, your three, what is your internal dialogue most often about? One, two, and three. Number 10, we're coming to the end. What do you talk about in social settings? Okay, now there's a clue that you'll probably notice for other people as well as yourself. What are the topics that you keep wanting to bring into conversations that nobody has to remind you to talk about? What subjects turn you into an inst instant extrovert? Now, whether your baseline personality is introvert or ex 
extrovert. You've probably noticed that there are topics that immediately bring you to life and start you talking and others t that t turn you into an introvert who has nothing to say or make you want to change the subject. They might say, how's work? Or they might say, how are you feeling emotionally? Or what's your spiritual? Or where is the delusion in the world taking you tomorrow? Or what? how much money do you got? What did you invest in? You'll tip that conversation toward you. And if it isn't in that direction and you're not in charge of the conversation, you'll just uh, fall asleep. So what are the three things that you talk about in social settings or get engaged by in social settings? Number 11, what inspires you? Wow, what inspires you now? What has inspired you in the past? What is common to the people that inspired you? Figuring out what inspires you the most reveals what you value most. Write them down, number one, number two, and three. What inspires you? Number 12, what are the most consistent long-term goals that you set? What are the, long, what are the three long-term goals that you've focused on that you are bringing into reality? Again, I'm not talking about fantasies that last for a year or a couple of months or whatever, that nothing happened. I want the dreams you are bringing into reality slowly and surely, the dreams that have been dominating your mind and thoughts for a time, the dreams that you are bringing into daily life step by step. One of mine was always to do something at a world-class level, to become a world influencer and be, uh, be able to give back at such an enormous level from achievement in a particular aspect of life and yet remain mostly anonymous. One, two, and three, what are the most consistent long-term goals that you've set for yourself? Number 13, what do you love to learn and read about the most? So what are the three main common topics you love to learn and read about the most? What three topics can you stay focused on and love learning about without distraction? What are the three things you love to learn and read about? One, two, and three. Now, when you finish writing all those down, maybe you have to go over this again. You'll have a series of 13 questions with three answers to each one. And what you're looking for is what appears the most. What jumps out off the page and says to you, wow, that thing repeated itself over and over again throughout the 13 questions, even if it was number one or two or three, but it jumped out the most. So once you've written down three answers for 13 questions, you'll see amongst your 39 answers, there's a certain amount of repetition, perhaps even a lot of repetition. You may be expressing the same kinds of value in different ways. For example, spending time with people I like having a drink with the folks from work, going out to eat with my friends. But if you look closely, you can see a pattern begin to emerge, which is social connection. So look at the answers that is the most, uh, 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 look at the answers and see which one is the most often repeated and write beside it the number, the number of how often it repeats. Then find the second most frequent and the third and so on until you have ranked every answer. This gives you a good primary indicator of what your highest values are. You can even start making decisions based on this internal hierarchy of values, and you can see how your life is already demonstrating your commitment to these values. Now, what I want to say here is really important. When we work on our highest values, we build our self-worth. When we work on our lowest values, we lower our self-worth. 
But during the COVID time, we quite often are forced to work on our lowest values because we're locked in and we can't subcontract in the form of school teachers and babysitters, uh, uh, gardeners, health keepers, uh, uh, cleaners, uh, uh, drivers, buses, trams. We can't subcontract a lot of what we were delegating as our lowest priority and what we were focusing on as our highest. But there is a trick. And the trick is link it or sink it. In other words, when you do something that's of your lowest value, let's say it's mowing the lawn or doing the cleaning the floor because your cleaner can't come or let's say doing the washing or let's say it's doing your some uh, PowerPoint presentation that normally you would delegate to someone but you're not in the office and so it's really hard to communicate that. When you're doing that, instead of resenting it, try to link it to your highest value. How does this doing how does doing this low thing, low value thing, going to help me build my high value thing? And if you can link it or sink it, you'll be a happy pappy, a happy mummy, a happy person, a really happy chappy, a really happy individual. Because anything you do in the top two priorities of your life will inspire you, it'll build your self-worth, and it'll cause you to be very, very, very successful. This is the answer to mental health. I hope this helps with your COVID processing time. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.